Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. Guys, welcome back to the Spurs 9501 podcast uh, after a very disappointing 1-1 draw with our West London neighbours, Fulham. Um, uh, again, the usual pattern of play emerged. We've got Steve, Cam and Jam here to discuss this. Uh, I'm going to go through the teams first and then I'm going to ask Cam to give us a bit of history on the on our, on our uh, Fulham uh, matches and then we'll talk about the, the match. So the team was Lloris in goal, Aurier, Sanchez, Dyer, Reguillon, Hoiberg, Wint, Sissoko, Undombeli, Sun and Kane. And that was the team. So, Cam, over to you for a, a quick bit of history between us and Fulham. Yeah, I mean, Fulham, obviously one of the older teams around. Our first game against them was in 1903 in the Southern League, which started as a draw. But overall, we've beaten them 52 times. They've only beaten us 18 times. And now the draws are 30 so it's pretty, pretty disappointing, especially given the recent run of form. They haven't beaten us since they beat us at home in, on March 17th, 2013. Yeah. Um, and a long time ago. That was the last time they beat us in the league was before that, was in 2008. So yeah. not a good record against Tottenham in the recent years. But obviously, after the behaviour today, things look a lot different. Yeah, and one of the things, uh, one of the things, Cam. Oh, sorry, are you still going on? Yeah, I, I still just wanted to add a little bit about the uh, um, the stats from the game. Um, <laughs> well, that we had fifteen shots; they had fifteen shots. This time, we beat them a bit on possession, fifty-two percent. Personally, I didn't see it; they had forty-eight uh, percent shots on target. We had six; they had four fouls. Pretty even. We did thirteen; they did fifteen. And uh, passes completed 424 by Tottenham and 376 by Fulham. But most of our passes were between the back, the back four, it seemed. So I wouldn't read too much into that. OK, thanks for that, Ken. One of the one other stat I want to add that I heard on the commentary was Fulham have lost their last 13 London derbies. This is yes. the first draw they've got in, th- in 14 matches, the first point they've got. So again, Tottenham to the rescue bringing you back here. So I'm going to start with Jam today. Uh, Jam, give us your thoughts on, firstly, the, uh, the the lineup. What did you think about the lineup that uh, Mourinho put so, today? Putting Winks uh, in the team as well. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to uh, move Sissoko up, up forward like he did. I think Ndombele and Sissoko played well together in that kind of, uh, on that right-hand side, covering for each other well. Um, allowing Sissoko to kind of, I guess, play like a, like an auxiliary striker at times where uh, Ndombele would be out on the right wing. It was interesting. It was bizarre, um, you know, Zoko being the guy to do that. But I guess it's the same kind of job he asks Bergwijn to do on most times. And it's it's less attacking, more defending than anything else. Um, so that was an interesting choice. Uh, Winks, you know, was your typical Winks performance, kind of a little stale as, as usual. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't excite. You know, that's that's his that's problem. But it was solid. You know, you can't blame him for anything that happened. Um, other than that, it was it was our standard standard formation. I would say. But let me ask you a question, Jam, and then I'll come to Steve. 
why did he put Winks and Hoiberg, very similar players, together? Why why did he do that rather than playing something like Bergwijn or Mora up front? Why do you think he did that against Fulham? Are you asking me or are you asking Steve? No, I'm asking yeah. you. Fourth from bottom. Okay. Why did he do that? Why? It's, he loves playing those two central defensive type. Not uh, Winks. He doesn't like playing Winks. Why did he play he, Winks today? That's my question. I, I think I think it was the, so that he could um, experiment with Sissoko out on okay. that right wing, which I think worked well. Okay, fine. All right, good. Steve, what's your thoughts on the lineup and, and the formation that he played? Specifically, oh, Sissoko oh. playing a lot further up front. Well, um, I mean, the first thing is I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't think Sanchez was going to play. Given that um, Toby Alderweireld had played at the weekend, again, I hadn't expected him to play. I expected Sanchez to play in that game. Um, presumably, again, he was worried about pace. Um, so he played Sanchez. But it, you, it doesn't matter how fast you are. If your positional sense is wrong, if you run the angles incorrectly and you miss time, it doesn't make any difference. I, I think for the cross... If Toby had been on the field, he would have shepherded him, shepherded him out, yeah. made him go the wrong way, just stepped off him a bit, make him uh, try and recycle the ball rather than go for it. Yeah. Um, so that that surprised me. Wink surprised me as well. I thought that we would have had Bergwijn or, uh, or even more in there. Um, it seemed pretty defensive, really, mm. when I'd like to see us going at these teams, which we consider to be inferior to us, I suppose, a bit arrogant about it. But even though the, the team we put out should have beaten Fulham, no two ways about it, they should have done. And the things for us is that margins are so tight and tiny. The difference between success and failure is so minuscule. So if Son's mistimed shot had gone the right side of the post rather, rather than hit the post, or it had bounced out to another player or our player rather than the keeper, you know, we're 2-0 up and everything's different and we're having a different conversation. I think other teams in the top four can they can't quite steamroller teams but they get more chances and they score more goals we don't I know Man City only won 1-0 today but they had a penalty I think which was missed in the last minute so our margins are very tight we can't afford to make any errors okay um, I you mean, yeah. and I think as well just just for final point on the on the lineup as well I thought Holberg had Hoiberg had his worst game I've seen him play for us. Yeah, well, it was bad to happen, wasn't it? Bad yeah, it had, yeah, it did have to happen. He got into a silly scrap, which got him booked, which mm-hmm. was completely unnecessary. He gave away one silly free kick. And there were times, I think, when we were on the attack in the second half, when he should the push, push the ball wide to Lamella, who was right next to him, and he, pri- he tried a sort of a wonder pass, which didn't come off. Didn't come off. Uh, he made those errors, which, as, as you say, Ray, it was bound to happen at yeah. some stage. Yeah. Cam, thanks for that, Steve. Cam, what did you make of the lineup and how it went, really, with the lineup? What, what, what's again? I want to get your thoughts on why he went with that lineup. Steve saying he went a bit more defensive. What do you think? I think the lineup itself really. I mean, there's not one person I think can understand get into the mind of Mourinho when he has those players and to put up lineup like that. You have Delhi, you had Bell. Again, I'm going to go on and on about it. Thirty-one million pounds, right? And you put Sissoko up front. Yeah. In an attacking material role, I mean, is there a pundit? Is there a manager? Is there anybody in the world, right, that can fathom that? You're going to sit out Delhi, you're going to sit out Bale, and you're going to have a man with two left feet, 
right? Uh, trying to score a goal. You, he, he bulldozed his way through, missed the ball God knows how many ch- times. How many chances did Sissoko have where he thought, oh, do I shoot? What do I do? Oh, no. Oh, oh okay. And um, there it goes. Chance goes. I mean, it, it was the worst decision I have seen this season. I'm sorry, I have to say it. I've got no problem with Winks. Winks had a really good chance, actually, and almost scored. And he made no mistakes. Hoybier probably didn't play as well as he did. Um, but then my view, very simply, of this lineup is if you're going to play Sanchez, don't play Aurier. If you're going to play Aurier, don't play Sanchez because they're going to give away free kicks and they're going to give away goals. And the only saving grace in this game for us, as far as I'm concerned, is the finishing of Loftus Cheek. He couldn't finish saving mm-hmm. bloody life, right? Yeah. If he could, we should have lost that game for a Yeah. Anyway, okay, thanks, Ken. Let me have a, a bit to say about this. I agree with, the, I think it was Jam who said, I think he went a bit more defensive, trying to test to see what Sebastian is going to be like up front. But again, I can't, for the life of me, can't see how Mora, Bergwijn, Bale can't play in front of this guy. I have no idea. I think it's the mindset of Mourinho. Get a goal through Son and Kane and then sit back and defend. Uh, that's what happened. So, Anyway, that's what I think happened. Let's talk about the goal, uh, Steve. Again, a beautiful cross by Reguillon, great header by Kane. I think, is Reguillon the best crosser in our team, do you think? It certainly it certainly looks like it. And uh, having just slagged off Hoiberg, Hoibier, yeah, he played the, um, the, the, you know, the pass out to oh, Reguillon, yeah. who then put in a perfect a perfect ball yeah. uh, Kane to Kane to score. It's three quick passes. And yeah. the key to that is we didn't, turn into congestion we didn't check and bring the ball back and wait for Fulham to get everyone behind the ball before trying to attack we did three quick passes one well one two one two passes and the ball's in the back of the net and we need to do that more often can Davis do a cross like that or not Ben Davis no I I don't think he can do it as well as as that but he can still do a job I think when uh when need need when we need to, but no, no, Reguillon's our first choice now, definitely. Yeah, uh, Cam, do you think Reguillon should be taking corners if he's such a good dead ball crosser of the ball? Do you think he should be taking corners on the left hand side or the right hand right. side? Sorry, uh, no, I, th- I think that that turn there's Son's corners from that side have been very, very good. I have no problem with that. The fact that we can never score from a corner, I think you could put anybody you could put uh, you could put anybody on there, then we don't make a blind bit of difference. I mean, our corners are the opposition's best chance of scoring from yeah, what I've seen yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how, how readily I'm going to change that. Okay. Well, and, okay. And the way we play invites that pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 Jam coming, but I want to do want to say something. Jam? Yeah, no, I, I, I want to bring Jam in and then I want to talk about Fulham a little bit as well. But Jam, you know, after we scored the first goal, again, we did the usual thing, sitting back. I looked at the percentages and Fulham had more percentages of possession, all that. Again, this MO can't change, can it, Jam? It's, it's bizarre. It's like, why, why, why have we not learned? It's like, you think that, you think, okay, this will be the last time it's going to happen. And it just continues to be the exact same story over and over again. And it's like at around the same time, you know, 60, 70th minute comes along and we, we switch off. Uh, all the good hard work we've done up until that point goes out the window. And it's like, all right, let's go out there in the second half and, and defend, defend, defend when we could continue playing the same way we finished the first half, which was, you know, we, we were starting to, to be the better team. Yeah. Um, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. I just don't understand it. And it's it's constantly happening. Um, and, and it does just seem to be lapses for 10 minutes where everyone slows down. Everyone's like, okay, this is our time to breathe. And it's it, the other team senses hunger and they take it every single time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, just uh, have a... How do you think that um, 
on Dumbali play today? Kamal, I wanted to ask you about that. I think, I think, again, I mean, really interesting. I'm glad that you did because he's pirouetting and he's turning all very good. Absolutely appalling passing. No, no killer balls as far as I can see in the whole The only game. one for Son that, that hit the post. That was his ball. I hit the post. I've got to disagree. Last, I think in the second half, I mean, what what, what was he even doing there? I mean, he, I mean, uh, the, what what hits me is that we're a, we become everyone's understood Tottenham. They're a first half team. If they get you for three goals in the first half, they're probably going to go on and win the game, unless it's against West Ham. Mm-hmm. The second half, how many goals do we actually score in the second half? How many chances do we create in the second half? What does Ndombele bring to the team in the second half? In the first half, I thought he played pretty damn well. In the second half, I didn't even know he was on the pitch. To be honest with you. And uh, um, that's, that has become a problem. One of the commentators made a very good point about in America. And one of the Americans once said, "He said to describe how Tottenham play football now is to say they defend and they attack. They don't have a midfield. All their midfielders are either defending, or there are some of them, or the other two." are attacking. They don't know how to hold the ball in midfield. They don't know how to break down much in midfield and they don't know what to do. So we are just, we just completely become a team that um, scores in the first half and then tries to defend in the second. And what have we learned today again? And well, what we've learned on Mourinho on his 15 million pounds a year, doesn't seem to get it. Is the fact that um, one goal will never win you a game in the premiership. Ever, I mean, okay, Manchester United did it, but Burnley could have, if Burnley had taken their chances, they would have, they would have easily have done it. Yeah, Man City could have given away a goal to Brighton many times. Absolutely, but they still defend better than we do. The difference is, yeah, we make too many mistakes at the back. I'll bring you in a minute, Jim. We have Sissoko and Sanchez. You're going to give away chances, and they are going to score. I'm sorry, that's why I feel. Yeah, so let me let me have a quick chat about this as well. Now, I mean, uh, I actually am getting bored of watching Tottenham play, really. I mean, we get a goal up front, which is good. If Son or Kane doesn't score, I'm not sure where the goals are coming from. That's the first thing. As Cam said, we score one goal, we sit back, we invite pressure, we get equalised, and then we go again to try and get a 2-1. I don't know why we don't do that. First. Is Mourinho such a great coach? I mean, I don't know. I'm beginning to question his his tactics now and what he's actually doing. I think the players... I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Son's body language in the first half yeah, was really yeah. bad. He's like... Yeah. He was really bad body language saying, you know, what the hell am I doing? He didn't have a great game. I think he's getting fed up with all this chasing and not attacking. Steve, what do you think? I I mean, I I think you're right. Uh, And I think the the reason that the goals come from Son and Kane is that that we're set up for them to be the only players who get the chances. So it's a breakthrough or it's a fantastic cross. Um, You know, Son, Son probably should have scored today. Yeah. So we don't. What we don't do is create the myriad of chances. We don't push teams back to the edge of their penalty area, which means other players will get in on the act. The closest we came to someone else scoring, um, other than the offside goal, um, was Winks, who actually had a very good shot, and it was a good save. You expect him to save it, but that's the reason they we, we rely utterly on those two. But that's intrinsically linked to the way we play. We don't produce loads of chances. We know when we have a corner. My first thought is. Larissa better get ready because there'll be a breakaway here and we'll be in trouble. Um, although we have big players like Dyer, Dyer doesn't really get enough of the ball in the um, uh, in the opposition box. He does okay in our box. He doesn't seem to get anything really um, in the opponent's box like some of the other um, the other sort of centre halves in the uh, in the Premier League. I, I don't know. I'm just. I don't. I, I think you're right, Ray. Which is well, you cannot win a Premiership game. Only scoring one goal. 
you can't. And when teams are on the ropes, you've got to go for them. Now, and also the other thing is, and I'll, Jan, I'll bring you in in a minute, is that the quality of teams, other than Sheffield United and maybe West Brom, most of the other teams are decent teams. Fulham, I know Steve said we should be beating teams like Fulham. I'm not sure, actually, because they're a decent team. And we'll talk about Fulham, but they had a lot of chances. There was one right at the end. If Abu Bakr Kamara had seen um, Lukman with oh, hundreds of acres of space, that was 2-1 and game over. So, um, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened there. Someone... They're all chasing the ball. I don't know. But yeah. I want to bring Jam in now. He has, you know, I want to get his thoughts on it. Jam, talk about. I mean, I'm not sure what else to talk about in this game. Talk about Fulham and how. Well, I got choose. something to say about Fulham. Yeah. They have been a very. They have had a, a rough start to the season, but they're definitely coming around. Um, I was looking at their last fixtures. They haven't lost a match since since the beginning of December, like uh, December fifth. Uh, they've picked up points against Leicester, Liverpool, and Southampton in the last few weeks. Um, so, you know, that's not what this upsets me, though. It's like, you know, Fulham have kept come and, and taken a point off us. You know, fair play to them. But it wasn't just that. It was like we had them on, on the edge. We should have finished this game off, like, many times this season against many teams that we should be beating, you know. We let so them the, back in, and we, we just opened the door for them and, like, bring yeah. it on. So the, the chances, regular head chance in the sixth minute. Hoiberg had a chance. You know, these guys, oh, have got, they've, got, they've got chances. I think, that, and Cam, can you answer this? Steve is saying that we're not as clinical as other, the other top six teams. You know, they get a few chances. They put at least a couple away. What do you think about that? I think two things I want to say very, very clearly is we beat Marine 5-0 and we start believing that we're a great team. Um, I didn't believe that, but you know. No, no, I don't. Like, like the players did. Okay, because, and oh. the manager. I mean, I just want to just go back to the, the way this today's team was managed, right? Can any of you, for the life of you, tell me what was he doing bringing Lamella on when we're chasing a game? Yeah. Again, he's got Delhi sitting there. Again, he's got Bale sitting there. Again, he's... All right, he put Vinicius on, who probably had about one... Two, two I had touches. one touch. I don't think he had one touch, the poor guy. Lamella had probably two touches to the ball. I mean, did they add anything? Did they bring anything? I mean, is you re- I mean, what what is going on? It just seems to me a dearth of understanding, a dearth of ideas, and absolutely no plan B. Plan A is score one goal, do nothing else. And after that, if that falls to pieces, then they all sit around. And as Steve just said earlier about the um, chance, sorry, Jem said, or whichever one of you said about the Fulham's chance, at that time, we looked like absolutely no no, no shape, no semblance, no idea of what anybody was supposed to be doing on the, on the field, and any other team would have punished us badly. Luckily, um, the, the Fulham didn't have the ability to do that. Any other team, and we would have been probably 3-1 down. We should have lost this game 3-1. One, mm-hmm. I think, given the, on, on the play, on the balance of play. So, Steve, tell us what your thoughts are now moving forward. I mean, let's talk about the Fulham goal. As I said to you, and I always say this every week, the goal is always due to an error by the opponent. So, talk us through the Fulham goal and where the error occurred. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think we lost it in midfield, uh, in possession. And then um, we saw Sanchez galloping as best he could. Uh, after their player, um, even as he ran, tried to sort of run parallel with him. Already, you can see he's he's, he's running that wrong angle. He's running the wrong angle, which means it gives that player the opportunity to go outside him and go towards the byline. And then he he's lost him that point, and he he sticks out a foot to see if he can see if he can nick the ball, and he can't. I think, as I said earlier, if that's Toby, he's shepherding him out. He's not gonna he's not gonna be able to win a foot race with him. But he will be able to 
what, what Alderweireld can do, he can stop an attack by dropping a left shoulder, not touching the ball, not doing anything, just by his positional sense, his body language, he can make a striker do do things that he wants him to do, even though he's not got the ball. Sanchez doesn't have that. He just does not. I can't, I'm afraid, see anything that he brings to the team, anything at all. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I do feel for the lad because, I mean, he, he was at Ajax, you know, he was a top European team. He, he had appeared to have massive potential. Well, they wouldn't have sold him if he was any good. He's know. gone backwards. Yeah. But let me ask you, uh, I'm going to ask um, Cam this, isn't it? Was a, um, wasn't Eric Dyer also at fault there for letting the ball go over his head? You know, not jumping properly. You know, he's the last defender. He should have got his head on that. Dyer heads that away. It's, it's still 1-0. I think that's, sorry, I know you want to jump. I think that's partly because Sanchez has pulled the whole team out yeah. to that side. Whereas position. if he hadn't done that, yeah. Dyer would be in position. And he's, he's he's in two minds, Dyer. Do I go out and cover something coming in or yeah. do I go back and mark the player? Yeah. Sorry, Jam. Go ahead. No, you, oh, I, I was going to say the same thing, essentially. Yeah, it's uh, Dyer um, was found himself out of position miss, within two minutes, like Steve said. Um it definitely comes down to Sanchez. Like it was just clumsy of him. He's not really looking at at the player's position properly, and he's 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 Bambi, you know. <laughs> he's 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 Bambi, as we call him, and he just shows his his natural state every time. But do we should we should hold on, Cam? Should we really be blaming Sanchez? He is what he is. It's the manager who picks the team. Yeah, no, there's that. There's that. Especially yeah. when all the world is on the bench. Like exactly, yeah. there, he should be starting. But uh, it comes back right to technical things, doesn't it? it can, those are what uh, did anyone have any sense that this was by any means our best team in pos- not just in terms of personnel but positions, right? Putting Sissoko where he is when you've got all those people on the bench, right? Makes absolutely yeah. no sense. There, there isn't a manager in the world that would have done that. Firstly, there's Secondly, no need to fix it. Sorry, putting yeah. Winks and Hoybier together. I mean, I think we've what, covered that. What are you afraid of? I mean, is it, are we playing? Is this Chelsea that we were playing? That we were worried about parking the bus? We didn't even do that very well. Cam, let me uh, ask you another question. I want to ask you a question. I know we talked about the team, and we know this. When okay. was the loss? So Scott Parker brings on Adibola Lookman, and the game changes like that. They score the equaliser. They could have won the match. When was the last time Mourinho made a game-changing substitution? Hasn't been one this season. You know, I exactly. can tell you that. I can answer that very clearly. Oh, on, changing substitution against Brighton, we were one-one. That we was the one. The only one I can and, think about. Yeah, Bale came on and he got that goal from a from a from a great cross. That, that's the only one I can think changed of. Changed the game. Changed the game. But since then, he's not had a look in. I mean, what is he doing playing in Tottenham? He got more chances at Real Madrid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He should have stayed in Real Madrid. He would have got more chances. Mm. Anyway. Um, just, I thought. Let's just concentrate a little bit on Fulham before we close up. I thought they were nightly, nice, nice team. They had some good runners, some fast runners. They had a few chances. Again, I think they're a bit naive in defence. If they were uh, clinical finishers, I agree with Cam. We could have lost that three, maybe two one, three one, etc. So I don't. But again, I think when they play Chelsea on Saturday, they'll probably get beaten three 0 or something. It's just a, a thing that people raise their game when they play Tottenham. What do you think, Steve? Ah. Uh. I think there's something in that. Although, you know, Fulham do see Chelsea as their rivals, although they, I think they've got a sort of inferiority complex, definitely with Chelsea, uh, justifiably so. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether teams raise their game with us. Do they like coming to the uh, the new stadium? I think they probably do. 
there's no crowd to get on their backs and to sort of uh, whip us into a more attacking frenzy, which I'd like to think would happen if we um, we have players there. I, I, I had I had the fans there. I mean, we've got. I, I know uh, Ray. You, I think it was you, Ray, who talked about Sheffield United being probably the only poor team in the league. I'm not even sure about that, actually. Yeah. I think it'll be a very tough game. Uh, I didn't say it'd be going to be an easy at, game, but they've, they've won their first yeah. match, so they're going to be on a high as well, aren't they? Well, also, they have been they haven't been losing heavily. No. Um, generally, they've been losing by one goal, 1-0, 2-1, and so on. I think the only team that's really been slaughtered, I think seven goals, was at the Palace, I think. That's yeah. the, probably the highest one, and we couldn't beat them. No, we so, couldn't. Uh, yeah. OK, yeah. So, Cam, um, just I wanted to ask you a quick question. This, these teams like Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, they're not going to throw caution to the wind and come back. Come, they're going to sit back like we sit back. So there's like two people sitting back, Cam. So what happens then? Well, I think what's, what's, what, what these teams have learned very simply is that get through the first half against Tottenham and they will sit back whatever happens, right? And they will give you more chances than any other team, right? I mean, if you, you play like, they, like, like we do, uh, um, if they played... The chances that we are giving these teams, everyone seems to now understand what they need to do to either get a draw or beat Spurs. And that is to watch the team suddenly become, let themselves sit back and they are bound to make mistakes. We have given every single team, um, we've given them so many chances, right? That I mean, even the Sheffield United's and the Fulham's and the Crystal Palaces and the and the Newcastle's of this world are ultimately going to score because where every time they keep attacking, we give them more and more chances. Today, Fulham should have at least taken three, three of their chances. Yeah, I, I agree. Very easily, right? I mean, but... Does any other team in the top six give those kind of level that, that many chances, that many opportunities? No, does, no. does any other team in the top six make the other team look so good no, on the ball? No, no. Every time, does any other team in the top six always clear the ball and it goes straight to the opposition player and they just come straight back uh-huh. at you straight away again? No, Is there any other team in the top six that can't hold the ball the yeah. way that we can't hold the ball? Can you name another team? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so. We've, we've, yeah. got, a, we've got a goalkeeper who can't kick the ball. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to come to Jam on that, Steve. What do you yeah. think about Lloris today? I mean, some of his kicking was appalling, really. And, I mean, a whole defence is, I mean, I don't know about the defence. Reguilon was OK. Dyer has always got a mistake. Sanchez got a mistake. The whole bloody back four has got a mistake in him, unfortunately. Oh. What do you think, Jam? Yeah, I think I think uh, a lot of, of what has been said is like how we are always inviting pressure. Uh, and it's 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 okay if you've got a team that can't handle that kind of pressure, but our players just, you know, when, once pressure hits, they're, they're, they're always, you know, we have Aurier and Sanchez to rely on and they're not not always going to be our best our best players. Sure. Um, Dyer also is another one who, like you said, he's he's unfortunately been our best defender all season, but he's still not as good as, as someone who would win you a league. I don't think that is... That player. I don't know why we didn't go and buy Ruben Diaz. I don't know why we didn't go and get him. He would have been you know, we bought a defender in, in, in this summer. And yeah. why That's isn't right. he getting a chance? I mean, Rodon, yeah. Why is Rodon yeah. getting a chance? Yeah. Rodon. Where the hell was Rodon after his performance? Where, I tell you what, he could have put the same team out. He could have put Alfie Devine on. He would have done a better job. Yeah, than the, there's I'm more... Sorry. But that Sissoko after today should not be playing for a very long time. Not in that position anyway. I mean... <laughs> The other thing I'd like to say, which I think everything that Steve's been saying all these games through, right, all the way from the beginning, is um, about the athleticism and the speed of Sanchez and Sissoko and their inability to play football. Well, that really did come true today. Because neither of them were good on the ball. Neither of them could even control the ball. I mean, the ability to actually 
pass the ball and actually hold it for even a, a microsecond seems to have disappeared from the team. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with you. I don't know where we go from here, Steve. What do you think? What's the? Where do we go from here? Another two points dropped. We could have been up to four from 32. Now we're at yeah. 30. Two points dropped against Fulham, against Newcastle, against Crystal Palace. Somebody yeah. told me else against yeah. Wolves. That's like eight points dropped. We, if you add eight points to 30, we'd be 38. You'd be top now. Yeah. And yet we beat Man City. So yes, it's disappointing. Uh, Are we yeah. the same type of team, Steve, that we raise our game against the bigger teams? So we wouldn't beat Man City today. Not that, I, think, I, I, think there's, I think there's an element of that. But I also think we're back to the margins of what between success and failure. You are talking about uh, the run of the ball. I know you make your own luck, but, you know, if you hit a post... Again, if Son had got that that goal that hit the uh, the, uh, the ball in the in the goal that hit the post, you're two 0 up, and it's a different game. Um, One of the things I also think, Steve, is Son and Kane have got so much pressure on them every game that they're the only people going to score. It must get to them. So when Son went through, he was under pressure. If if Vinny was getting goals, if somebody else was getting goals, you know, I don't know, um, some like Sissoko, if the goals were being spread out, these guys would feel under less pressure. They know now if they don't score, Spurs are not going to win. They know that. It's a lot of pressure. I, I, also, I also think Kane didn't have a very good game. I know yeah. he scored, but he didn't have a very good game. He was holding onto the ball too long, yeah. trying to do too much, and he, he often made the wrong decision, slowed everything down um, when he was sort of dropping back into his sort of more deeper position. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, I agree with Cam. Why the hell isn't Bale coming on, for God's sake? If that's not a game for Bale, what is? Yeah. Jam? Why is, I, why, hold on, I mean, we'll go with Jam, then we'll come to you, Cam. Jam, why is Bale not getting a chance? Why is Bale not? I can't. I, inside the mind of Jose, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating him. It's, it's frustrating watching him make these substitutions, and they're always bizarre at the best. You know, Poch didn't make the best substitutions, but, you know, he was always aggressive with, with trying to change the formation. But it seems like uh, Jose is always like, okay, I'll make a like for like possibly, or, or I'll bring in a player. I'll take off a player who's making a difference to bring on a player who's not going to get the ball or not going to be looking for the ball. Or I, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, where does it, where does it go down to? Is it, is this what he's telling them to do? Is this a mentality thing? Is this the players themselves? It's, yeah. I it's mean, just, the, it's I think we're all frustrated now, Cam. Let, let me go around the group now and get your final thoughts on this game and where we go from there. I want to start with Cam now. Go on. My final thought is I'm sure that Mourinho will be saying this is not how I told him to play. Uh, we yeah. should have killed the game, which I just read a headline here a second ago, which is his headline is, well, we should have had the many chances to kill the game. Mourinho, you've been saying that week on, week out, mm. every single game, right? Not me, it's the players. Not me, it's the players. Yeah. Okay. Simple point is, everyone could see that the, the one thing that Mourinho always used to bring to his top team was how he would use substitutions to change the game. He did it at Chelsea. He did it at... This is what I said to you, yeah. He thought he did it at game-changing substitutions now. He was always a game-changing substitution. I don't know what's happened to the guy now. Why Bale is here. I think we need a, we need a protest march on Tottenham to make sure Bell gets to play because uh, fine if he's injured and he's out, but put him in the team. I mean, how can he be any worse than those bozos? Yeah, That's and the thing is, Cam, the thing is, what must he be thinking? He's taken, he's root, uprooted his family from Madrid, brought him to Tottenham in the hope that he's going to play and he's sitting on the bench. Imagine what he must be thinking. Exactly, exactly. And that's my point. And I, I think our banner should today, when it says Fulham won, but, uh, 
um, Tottenham one, Fulham one. Underneath it should say that. Put where is Bale? Put Bale in the team. De- demand a petition for Bale to be in the team. Yeah. Get every Spurs fan to sign it. I think we can we start that. Maybe we can start that. Spurs ninety five oh one. So now I'm going to come to you, Steve, to to round up your thoughts on the match. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the whole Mourinho's whole game is to be reactive. So we sit back, wait for a, an error, and then hit on the break. And I, I feel his substitutions are like that as well. They're in reaction to something that the other team has done rather than something that he wants to happen for Spurs to do. Um, yeah. I just wish, yeah, I think I, I think we, we need to take the game to the other teams. We can't just sit back. Um, now, I, I suspect that's not in um, Mourinho's DNA. He can't do that. You know, the, the old adage for, for me was you start fast and you finish fast. You know, you get goals early, you finish a game if you can. Um, as early as you can, and we just don't do that. And that's evidenced by going 1-0 up and then drawing or, indeed, almost losing. Yeah. OK, thanks for that. Uh, in terms of closing for me to all of you guys, I think we could just do one recording and just change the name of the team and play it back. We score yeah. a goal, they equalise, we hang on, we try and get another goal. It's just over and over again. It's very. Yeah. It's nothing, but at least it's the same repetitive rubbish. It's not boring. Why can't we, after we score the first goal, like other teams do, go and get a second goal and try and kill it off. Why do we sit back? I don't understand that. Uh, maybe, I don't, I'm not sure how long Mourinho's going to last if he keeps playing like this and not getting any success. Uh, Jam, what do you think? Final thoughts from you on this? I think the the fans, the tide is turning for Mourinho, Mourinho very quickly. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we can argue, you know, he's Mourinho and we, we, he's he's been here, he's done that, he knows how to do this. But it's just so repetitive every single week. And and you think he's gonna maybe learn a lesson, or the players themselves will learn a lesson. But he he puts out the same players and makes the same substitutions, and and doesn't allow any expression or change in his uh, in his mindset, which is just gonna be become very frustrating. And Tottenham fans are not gonna take it for much longer, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree. With you. Okay, guys, thanks again. I know it's late in the UK and in this, but uh, really appreciate all your time. And uh, thanks very much. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.